episode is brought to you by Granicus and the Macro Group. Welcome back to another episode of Black Tech Talents Podcast BTT Discussions. Today we have a very special guest, Sam Nadelli. Sam, I've known for years. I met Sam in I think 2017 at like one of my first ever tech events. And uh, we've been cool ever since. We've worked together in multiple capacities and we'll talk about that more as we get into the episode. But uh very excited to have him. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey man, thank, thanks Mike for having me. And uh, it's an honor to be on, on the show. Um, I love what you've been doing so far and the conversations you've been having with people in the community talking about tech uh, in, our, in our community and our culture and, and keep pushing things forward, man. For sure, I appreciate that, I appreciate that. So, you know, you've taken on a very uh, special role uh, recently in, in 2020. So why don't you let people know a little bit about where you are today, your position and kind of what that means, and then we'll jump into your journey. Yeah, man. So 2020 has been such an interesting year for everybody. Um, it's been a lot of heartache, right? But um, on top of that, we've I've, some people have been able to receive a lot of blessings and, and so have I. And I had the opportunity to actually transition jobs um, this year um, at, a, at a really interesting time. They didn't come without any, any struggle um, and I'll tell the story if you don't mind of how I actually yeah. transition jobs. But um, so so for the last three and a half years, I was working at MEDA, Metropolitan Economic Development Association as a business consultant. And um, I actually, we actually worked together there. Um, you were one of my clients and you got to see your company grow uh, from if it was premium or, or any other venture that you had put on, you would always, we'd always chop it up and talk about uh, the directions and places you can take your, 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 your creation. So that was always a fun journey. That was one of the most rewarding things is just the friendships that were built out of those, uh, those relationships that I got as being a consultant with a lot of my clients. So, um, I'm going to forever miss that job and it taught me a lot, but I actually, um, got the opportunity to, um, to apply for uh, a position at the Center for Economic Inclusion. And, um, I ended up getting the job, but the, the time that I was leaving my previous job was, and I, and I was getting ready to leave. It was actually the day that George Floyd um, got his, uh, his murder got publicized. Right. Yeah. And so that's when everything started going crazy. So I was actually transitioning jobs during that time. And so being a business consultant at media, we were working with a lot of minority businesses that were targeted during the uprisings by, by the uh, white supremacists and counter protesters to the resistance of the police brutality, right? And so we had businesses that were affected by that too. And so I'm trying to, you know, aid in that as I'm transitioning into a new role. And in my new role at the Center for Economic Inclusion, um, I'm the director of employer inclusivity. So my role is to work with private sector corporations to help um, implement racially equitable best practices within the organization. And during the time of the uprisings, um, the Center for Economic Inclusion was working with a number of Fortune uh, 500 companies that were locally here, trying to figure out ways that they could support the community more than just putting out a statement, but behind more, more behind the scenes stuff. Um, so to leave <laughs> the job that I had and to go into the job that I'm, I'm currently in right now, it, it was a lot and, and it meant a lot. And, a lot of pressure on top of that, but you know, I welcome that pressure, right? And it's been a great experience so far. I can't believe it's already been six months um, since I joined the team, but we've even even from when I joined, our team has grown from from nine. I think we were at like eight when I joined to like now we're at 14. 
Um, so we've hired a number of people um, and we just completed our three-day virtual summit um, this past week. And um, it was amazing. We had a great, great uh, experience doing that. Um, it was the first time we've ever done a virtual summit. And the funny story is I was actually supposed to be a speaker at the summit before I got hired on the team. So I still ended up being able to moderate a, one of the final panels with uh, two really, really great um, senior vice presidents at Central Care and, um, and also at uh, Ecolab. So, and then alongside with my CEO, Tawana Black. So it was really, really a great experience. Um, I was honored to be able to moderate and to be able to participate at that capacity. And I look forward to a lot of the events that we have planned for 2021. So keep a lookout for what we got going on. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. And so with this <clears throat> show, you know, we, we focus and highlight, you know, different Black people that are in tech. And we have a lot of conversations about diversity and inclusion. And you're kind of in the mixture of both. So, you know, in your early days, what got you interested in kind of tech, entrepreneurship, diversity and inclusion that brought you to this journey to get where you're at today because you put in a lot of work networking, um, being at different different events and, and just making your presence known, which is why you've gotten a lot of these opportunities you've gotten and met so many different people and have so, so much respect um, in this ecosystem. And that's something that, you know, I want our, our listeners and the people who are aspiring to um, be in this industry to understand is to network. So even when I'm talking about entrepreneurship, when I'm talking about entertainment, when I'm talking about, you know, tech, networking is is one of the, the constant variables in all of that and just making sure you're consistent and, and respectable. So kind of go back to the beginning of your journey into this and, and let people know how your interest like evolved and some of the key key people you've met that, that kind of helped shape that. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So looking back, um, I guess my my journey in tech, I mean, I've always been somebody that's been fascinated by tech and technology. Um, you know, I've been a big Apple person my whole life, right? And 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 just trying to, and understanding how these 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 devices can like really impact people's lives and 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 make make schools a lot easier to, to teach students and businesses um, work more efficiently. Um, I've always been fascinated by that. And so 2012, um, I had the opportunity to just start working part-time at Apple. Uh, Hal Reynolds was the guy that hired me. He was, he was the only black um, store leader in the market for Apple. Um, and one of the few black store leaders in the entire company. And he was running one of the highest grossing stores. And uh, he was a huge impact to me and providing opportunity for me as I grew in that organization, um, starting as just a part-timer to going full-time to joining the business team, to working with specifically with business customers. And then I ended up switching stores because they had an opening for a full-time business consult business uh, expert there at the Uptown store. And he was like, yeah, go over there. One of my best friends runs that store. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna grow and flourish there. So. I left and I went to Uptown and that's when I started really working with more business customers, you know, cause we're close to downtown. And um, it was really, really a great experience, man. Like it really taught me a lot about, Apple's a great organization, a great company. Um, they really take care of their people. Um, and it, it taught me a lot about just raising my business acumen, understanding how, really understanding customer service and really like what the customer journey is including the customer first, as far as how their experience is with your brand and what what it's like for them to actually not only like 
just learn about a product, but when they purchase a product and what happens after that, um, they really, really take that seriously. And, um, it, it, you know, it doesn't always seem like they do, right? When you go into a busy store and, and you may not be able to get, you know, exactly what you want, but you have to also understand humans are humans and people make mistakes, but the, the intent behind um, the experience is there, right? And so I learned a lot about that. And during my time at Apple, I met a lot of people in the startup ecosystem um, in that space because we, you know, a lot of our clients were startup companies, right? And so they would, Uptown was the favorite store. Rest in peace to Uptown. They just closed that store down. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, so it's been, that was hard to really see. And I live right by there. So um, that's going to be a, a real miss for the Uptown neighborhood. And But, you know, during that time back in like, you know, 2014, 2015, I'm working with a lot of startups and really like small startup companies, but like they're growing really fast, seeing a lot of growth. They want to grow with Apple. We're, we're providing solutions to them. And I'm just networking and meeting people, understanding like how these businesses are growing. And like, you know, the startup world was really, really fascinating to me, right? Um, so as I'm meeting people and I'm talking to different people here and there at the store and whatnot, um, I'm realizing that, you know, there's 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 not a lot of black people that are starting these startup companies, right? And then when I did meet black people who were interested in buying a computer and like, I would ask them, what are you gonna use your computer for? So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm start learning how to develop apps and have some really cool ideas for X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, well, have you ever thought about working at a startup? Like we got a bunch of customers that are, I'm sure they're, and they're hiring people left to right. Have you ever, you know, thought into doing that? It's like, no, nah, not really. Like I'm trying to start my own thing or I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, well, why don't any of the black people or people of color know about these opportunities that are here, right? And then you start realizing that when you look at companies, when they're starting, a lot of times people hire people they know in their network, right? And if you're not in somebody's network, it's gonna be hard to, to really get in in the very beginning because it's all about that trust piece, right? Which is totally understandable. But when companies grow and they scale, they continue to hire, when they continue to hire people that just look like them, that's when it becomes problematic because that's when we create a very monolithic culture, right? So I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, well, there's not really, and then and then there's a bunch of events that I start seeing popping up um, on Meetup, on the Meetup app and Eventbrite and things like that in Facebook. And I'm like, okay, well, there's all these tech events that, you know, people are going to. And I went to a couple of them and like everybody else I would talk to that was a person of color or black that would go to these events, they would just say like, yeah, there was, I was like one of the only few that were there. There were never any events that were specifically for um, black people or people of color in the city at that time. So, um, so 2015 comes around and um, we host at the, at the store, that Uptown store, we host the first uh, Blacks in Tech meeting. Um, and that was a really cool experience because um, we had a brief room upstairs, one of the first brief rooms in all of Apple. And that's where we had the meeting at. And that's where I actually met Alex Rodriguez, who's not black, he's Mexican, but he was there supporting and just trying to meet and network with people because he was in the startup world himself as a young, young cat, like barely, pretty much in and out of college at that time in his life and um, was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. But he knew he was really good at, at, at you know, working in small companies and growing them. So he was just trying to network and we connected and I started, you know, looking him up and seeing the things that he was a part of and he was killing it. He was, you know, doing his thing. So 
we uh, we had a meeting and we were just talking about some of the gaps we saw in the ecosystem. And next thing we know, you know, we be, were co-founded Gravity in 2016. And Gravity was an organization that we focused on um, trying to help people of color break into the tech startup space because we saw the opportunity and the need for it. We saw, we knew a lot of, Alex knew a lot of really talented um, tech founders um, of color. And, um, and I knew a lot of people who, um, just wanted to get into that space as a developer or whatever it may be, or even just learn how to start a business themselves. And, you know, I've worked with people to help them start businesses from the technology side at Apple for a couple of years. So, you know, I was just like trying to, you know, lend my expertise in that way. And then I will, you know, I'm a natural networker. So I knew a lot of people who would just come to the events because we were talking about really dope things. Um, and so we started doing events, just meetups. And then, in turn, then we started doing fireside chats with founders black founders, um, Latino founders as well. Um, and then we had a summit in 2017. And um, that was, we had about 50 people was on a Thursday. <laughs> and we, we, it was an all day summit. And um, it was, it was a dope experience. And we brought uh, a VC from California, Arlen Hamilton, she was a, a black woman VC. Um, and, you know, she actually ended, ended up investing in one of our attendees, Anila from Habit Aware. Um, and it, it, it was, it just kind of grew after that, right? And we just continued to do more events, um, partnering with, you know, Osborne 370 over in St. Paul. And we were working with um, Fuel Collective um, as well, too, and hosting our events there. And other small startups would allow us to use their space for event space. And, we've had a, really, a lot of support from the ecosystem and the community. And so, um, you know, while I was at, you know, while I was doing Gravity, I was still working at Apple and then I left Apple into Meta. Um, and then I started meeting more. I swear I actually started like hands-on helping businesses start up and move, move up and scale um, and providing them resources and things like that um, while we were at Meta. While I was at Meta, we um, did the Million Dollar Challenge. It's the largest pitch competition for for, um, for minority businesses in the country, and um, we got a, a couple. I got a couple clients that were able to participate, and some that won the challenge as well too. So that was a really cool experience. And um, you know, now you know, with 2020 happening, we we kind of peeled back a little bit and slowed things down. Um, there's a lot of change in our team for Gravity, so we haven't really done events this year, but. Um, the intent is to um, start things back up in 2021 um, because the demand is still there. There still there still needs to be platforms for founders of color to talk about their experiences and to and people want to get that content and learn about how they can start their business and get their um, their 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 opportunity right. Um, so so that's really um, where my journey has taken me. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been looking back now, it's like, it's crazy to think that, you know, it's only been four or five years. Right. Um, but it's been a blessing, man. And I'm really excited to see where things go next. Definitely. Definitely. And you said, you know, a, a ton of important stuff. One, you know, I think there's still not enough, uh, resources and activities and information where, you know, black technologists and, and founders, people who want to become founders right. um, to kind of congregate, learn, get that information and, and get that game. And as I, I mentioned in the beginning of the of the show, you know, we met at an event that was geared towards that. And we, I mean, I think there was like 10 of us as far as black people. And there was like, you know, 
probably 60, 70 people at that event, the, the code switch event. Um, but I mean, I'm glad I went out. One of the, one of the big things I talk about and, and advise people on is being in the room when it comes to networking, like you can't, can't achieve anything if you're not in the room. Um, and sometimes you go in a room to meet somebody and sometimes you, you, you went to the room to be met and two, two of the examples I give actually, um, include you i just thought about that one of them is the the event where where we met and <clears throat> you you know me like i hustle like crazy and so that weekend i didn't sleep at all like i was up i was up i think thursday to like monday yeah something crazy like that and so because of that i was hesitant to come to that event um uh Brittany, uh, she had hit me up and said, hey, you're in tech, you should come to this event, I'm helping organize. And me and her had met through my yacht party, mm -hmm. I hired her through her, her DJ uh, career. And she she came and DJ my one of my yacht parties. And so she was like, hey, come through. And I'm like, well, you kind of know what I do. Like, should I come? And she's like, yeah, just check it out. And I'm like, but is it going to be worth it? You know, this, this type of thing. And it wasn't that I didn't want to go. It was just like, I, I knew I was going to be crazy, stupid, busy. And I didn't want to go unless it was going to be like a really good opportunity. And so she was just like, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, you should come check it out. I'm trying to get more black people to show up, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, uh, so I'm debating on it, debating on it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go. Right. Cause mind you, I'm 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 thinking about it, and then it's the next morning. I'm still awake, so it's like I could be like, well, let me just take a quick nap. But instead, right. I'm like, let me Not go. Because <laughs> it started early too, didn't it? I think it started like eight or nine or something like that. So, got dressed, came out there, um, and then the first thing they had people do was like come up and like pitch their idea or idea they wanted to do. So I'm like reading the room, never pitched before. And, but I just got in line and I went up there and-, and uh, Me too. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Mondo, Mondo was there and um, he was standing next to me actually. And that was my first time meeting him as well. But he knew about, he knew about premium. And so I go up there and I pitch and I don't remember the whole pitch obviously, but I was just like, as people were pitching, I was reading the room. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be some like government funded, like save the world type of thing. So I got to kind of pivot the entertainment thing to make it sounds like it, like it fits. And I just went up and I'm like, you know, black people only on this percentage of the entertainment industry and blah, 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 and this and that and through premium, I'm going to empower more black people to earn money and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, Jay-Z has title, title streaming. I have premium, premiums ticketing, boom, and walked off, right? Mind you, nervous as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I actually got like a round of applause. And then like, I didn't get a second to myself after that. Like people were like, bro, I, I didn't even think of ticketing and like just all these different things. And then you came up and you're like, yeah, we're going to talk. And then like, I went and sat by myself and like four people came over like, can we sit with you? And I was like, man. So that was like the first real introduction to like being in that ecosystem and having yeah. that feeling of like people being genuinely interested in what you what you have going on and so I ended up staying way longer than I intended on staying too I wasn't gonna stay that long I was gonna come check it out network and then dip and I think I, that day I stayed the whole time 
and I met you, I met Clarence, I met, uh, actually I didn't talk to Clarence till the second day. I met you, I met uh, Anika, mm -hmm. I met Mondo, yeah. and a few other people I met, but we didn't necessarily continue on like we have. Yeah. So, um, so then I'm, I'm feeling good, I'm proud. I leave, I handle my other duties I have to do. I think I ended up taking like a two hour nap. And then I got up and I went to this uh, home buyers uh, seminar because I wanted to learn the process of buying a house or whatever, right? So then I, I ended up going to that and that, <laughs> so that started early too. That was like another 8 a.m., 9 a.m. thing. And on the event page, they had it set up for like two, it was like two or three hours. And when I got there, it was an all-day thing. It was like six hour. So six pretty hour. much more of the story is Mike doesn't sleep. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, I get there, I do this home buyers class, and this, and then it's gonna be the second day of this event where everybody was supposed to, all the teams were supposed to present and all this type of stuff. Now, mind you, I wasn't on a team. I had no interest in like coming up with a fake idea in two days and like I I was focused on premium right ton of money invested ton of time but my interest in the event was once again just networking being in the room meeting people and so same thing so I'm doing the same thing again I'm hitting Brit I'm like yo how's it looking did people come back blah 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 and she's like yeah just come through and I'm debating because I have another thing I got to do. And I said, oh, and then I've already missed half of the event being at this, this home buyers thing all day. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come through. So I drive out and I was over South. So I go from over South to St. Paul at that. Come to the event, um, people are pitching. Or I think the pitching was done. That's why I was hesitant. The pitching was already done. So I wasn't gonna get to see everybody pitching the actual products they created. I got there, they were doing the judging. That's what was going on. And I basically hit text Britt and I'm like, just point, just do me one favor, just point to whoever's important, I'll go holler at them. So I literally get there and she points at this woman and like a movie, the woman was walking away and she points and I go to follow her and the elevator door is closing and I literally slid in the elevator right before it closed. And I'm like, hey, I'm Mike Jackson. I'm working on this thing called the premium app. Da -da -da -da. Such and such said I should holler at you. So then I walked her to her car. She was looking at me crazy because I literally slid in and the door shut. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and so I walked her to her car, exchanged information, but then she was like, but who you should really holler at is Clarence. And so I'm like, cool. So then I went went up and then the judging was kind of done and people were talking. Then I went to Clarence and I'm like, yo, I heard you're the guy to talk to. And he was like, nah, not me. And then we can continue talking or whatever. And then I realized that that Chris Fom had already introduced us through email, but we were all so busy, we never actually got to connect. So then we, we got to talking or whatever and exchanged information. Um, and I think, of course, I talked with you again, Nika, and then um, end up leaving, I had something else to do. So I ended up leaving, doing whatever else I had to do. That went all night. And then the next day uh, I had to do something as well. So I didn't sleep till like Monday to like, probably like 6 p.m. Cause then I, when I was supposed to be done with everything, um, a friend hit me up and was like, I'm stranded. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? So I had to go get them before I could go to sleep. 
But from that from that event, like I said, we've built a relationship. Um, I became a client at Mita. I've built you know relationships with everybody else that I that I mentioned in the story, and that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have come because I haven't. I've never seen you anywhere else. Like we know each other now, so we've intentionally been around each other. But like outside of that, we don't we haven't run in the same circles, right? So right. it's like you and a few other people, like Clarence. I've never just randomly seen Clarence somewhere that wasn't intentionally because it was a tech event or it was because mutual friends brought us together or because me and him planned on well, on linking, right? It's funny because I, I bet you in my college days I would I, I was at events that you were throwing. I didn't even know who you were. Right. <laughs> so right. we didn't run into each other when it was like I didn't know who you were. So yep. we hadn't really met formally. So it's funny how things happen like that. But I mean, I get what your point is, man. Like, essentially, like, sometimes you don't know what you're missing out on until you actually, like, try it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and people, like, yes, we live in Minnesota. A lot of things, there's not a lot of things that are made for us here, right? Um, but we can create our own circles, our own tables, our own conversations, and we do do that. Um, but sometimes when we show up at places, you never know what opportunities may come from if it doesn't intentionally look like it's for you, right? And mm -hmm. like, and, and I think it's all about you, you, you went to that event, but I think you had enough confidence in yourself and what you had to offer to make sure that you knew that you're providing value to that room, even if they didn't see it initially. And then when you opened your mouth and talked about what your idea was, that validated what your value was. And then everybody was like, I want to sit next to you. I want to talk to you. I wanna... You didn't have a moment to yourself the rest of the day. Yeah, event. it was crazy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times we we put ourselves in situations where we don't value our own talents and our own like abilities that we have to offer the world. And we, and we don't, Put ourselves in spaces where people can see that now obviously you want to be able to make sure you know how to protect yourself and make sure like you know how to like make sure nobody's taking your intellectual property and things like that but like we have we're talented you know what i'm saying yeah. like you run a company called black tech talent like <laughs> you, you got to let people know how talented we are and that's exactly what you've been doing with with your organization so far so like yeah i mean it's i think there's there's a lot of there's a then tech is not something that is is for any specific group of people right. from a standpoint it, it's all about innovation and ingenuity and who's more innovative and has more ingenuity than black people That's yeah definitely so i think if we have an opportunity if we have, if we continue to do what we're doing in this space we're going to be able to take it to the next level just like we've done with a lot of other industries um and that's what excites me about the work you're doing uh, the work we did with gravity and the work anybody else that comes behind us is going to continue to do that pushes us forward in this area definitely definitely you know it's 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 necessary and, and even in in what you touched on was which was what i was going to say which is like having that confidence when you're going in these rooms that you have some value in what you're trying to do and just who yep. you are um, but also knowing to remember to add value in, in whatever you're trying exactly. to do and, and whoever you're trying to get at. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so another example of, of being in the room uh, is when I forget what the actual name of the event was, but it was same situation. Um, Clarence was hosting with a bunch of VCs and angels. Remember? Yeah. 
Remember that mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. And so I was actually like over north. I was sitting on my computer and I was scrolling and I was like, and then I saw the event and I'm like, oh, should I go? And then I'm like, and eh, it's all the way in St. Paul. Like, and then it started, and like it was already like starting too. So I'm like, eh. So I decided to go. I'm like, I'm taking my own advice. I'm like, all right, you got to be in the room, just go. So I come out there, end up bumping into a bunch of people I had met or knew, just didn't know they were going there. Um, talked to a couple of the, the different investors or whatever to holler at Clarence. But then uh, as I'm walking out, you tap my shoulder and you're like, yo, this is who you need to talk to. And you were talking to Elizabeth Cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To holler at me about events. That was a tech with the event. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so, you know, she's like, hey, I'm Liz. I'm from, from Blacks and Technology and I'm looking for something to do. I'm from out of state. And I actually had the the um, uh, Black Vegas event coming up through through Premium that was yeah, that was produced was, was by Win- Winter Circle, yeah. And so um, and so we exchanged information, and you know sometimes you meet people and they holler, and sometimes they don't. But the next day she actually hit me up and was like, "Hey, this is Liz. I still want to come to that event." Blah blah. blah. So we connected and told her to come through and she came through and we had fun and the event ended at one because we're in a we're in the w we're in the, mm-hmm. in the w so then i ended up taking her to a couple spots around the city that were still open to tour three so we randomly went to like a dave hollister concert um <laughs> just popped in at the club he was there performing so i'm like cool um had a good time and then later on we just stayed in touch and she was like yeah we're trying to do this thing this conference called bitcon but we're like trying to figure out like the logistics and the venue and just how to get more black people to show up and then she mentioned and so I, i'm just giving advice and just game and then she mentions that she wants to get nipsey hustle to come speak but she hadn't been able to get in contact with you know any of the agents or managers and so I helped with with that process, and you know, basically just gotten where I fit in in the first the first event, just consulting, helping, did a little ticketing for a couple things, um, helped with setup, takedown, just any moral support that was needed, and then I was asked to help co-produce the second one. So I spent thirteen months on the second one, and you know that led to a bunch of other things, and that's partially what you know, opened up kind of a different segment, which leads to what we're doing today with diversity and inclusion. So another example of being in the room, if I would have never came, I wouldn't have met her. She doesn't live in Minnesota. Right. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? I might have still ended up going to Bitcoin, but I would have went as a just an attendee, right? Yeah, exactly. And so being, no, being in that room was important. So that was a great introduction. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I, it was, I remember that day very well, man. Like that was a great event. That event was packed and it was really just cool to see everybody in the room. And I mean, I feel like my role, I'm a connector. So I want to do my best to try and connect people um, that need to be connected. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and so I was like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm, I know, I knew all about your app. We had just started, I think we had just started working together at that time. Yeah, we did. Mm, we did. No, we weren't working together yet. It was after. We actually okay. just so, started working together officially last year. Yeah, that's right. So it was 2019? Yeah. It was 2018. 2019, Man, I became a client. That's what it was. Okay. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's it's funny because like, but I knew at the end of the day, like, um, you had what you were doing with premium. And like, I was like, well, if we're going to do a black tech conference in Minnesota, let's use a black tech ticketing company. Yeah. You know, that's just what my mind, how my mind works. It's like, why not do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at least, the least I can do is just say, hey, you need to know about this person and then go from there. And like everything worked out the way it needed to. Um, and, you know, y'all put in a lot of work for, for Bitcoin here and it was a success. And you got Nipsey out here. One of his, the last time he was ever in Minnesota was because of y'all. So yeah, for um, sure. that's, that's, uh, that's major, man. And I think, you know, I remember just my, that was my first time getting to see him live. Just having, just seeing, but I wasn't, it was cool seeing him in live, but not like performing. It was just cool seeing yeah. him be himself and like to talk about, you know, how he kind of grew his, his business, um, but understood like how to grow from a scale standpoint and like then started like making different opportunities for other people around him um, and, and to really help put his community on like that, that was, that was a very powerful conversation. And that was, that was an, a Bitcoin exclusive. So that, that was really, that was really dope. And I just think that, you know, those type of, of, of opportunities and events, like, you know, a lot of people, it's funny because a lot of people saw that happen. You know, when the pictures came out and the videos came out online, it was like, oh, I didn't even know about this. Like, <laughs> you know how people are here. Yeah. Like, it's like, they always complain about not knowing about something, but we've been, it's in their face all the time. The people yeah. are just programmed to not show up to things. It's like, show up, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and just because something doesn't meet your expectations the first time, doesn't mean that it's gonna fail the second time. Like you gotta continue to show up and to continue to like, and if and if you and if you have something to give back, con constructive criticism right. is always, always warranted, not just, you know, leaving an angry review on somebody's page uh, <laughs> just because you can, you know what I'm saying? Like right. we gotta help each other build at the end of the day. Um, and I think a lot of people can learn from that constructive criticism on how to do things better. And it's like, if you have some talents to give, you know, join the team, you know what I'm saying? Help them grow. So that's just my, that's the way I look at it. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so definitely. And I'll say too, that, you know, even in the examples I gave of being hesitant to go to certain events, it was more so being busy Mm -hmm. than not being interested because obviously I always ended up going because I was interested in going right 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 but like sometimes when you're strapped for time you're like I gotta make sure this is like really you know something but sometimes but you don't you won't know if it's going to be something unless you go yeah. sometimes you can turn something into what you want it to be but I'll say you know being intentional about certain things um, is the only way black people are going to be able to come together and use the, the the power of numbers and community to push things forward and you just mentioned like you know you might go to something and it may not may not meet your expectations the first time but that's the first time right yeah. things need need a chance to grow and so <clears throat> and and on my last couple podcast episodes i've talked to people about being intentional and I've talked to even me being featured on other podcasts um, where I'll have white white hosts ask me like you know how do we help the black community or how do we you know if they're they actually own companies as well like what can we do how can we hire and I'm like it has to be intentional we we've been putting this 
this position intentionally so we're not going to get out of it by accident. Exactly. And that, to that point, it was funny because that makes me think of something when we had our, our summit for, for CEI this past week, one of the people that we had as our keynote speakers was uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones from the New York Times. She wrote the 1619 Project and um, amazing, amazing conversation uh, with our CEO, Tawana Black. And one of the things that she said, which was really profound, was a lot of times, you know, you'll see white people ask, they'll ask Black people, how can we fix racism? And her response was, well, Black people didn't create racism, so why do we have to fix it? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this is something that, that, that y'all created. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all the energy you put in creating it, you can put the same energy into fixing it and solving for it. Um, and but people automatically when whenever it's whenever it's something when you're at work, it's like, well, we don't we don't know where to start or we don't know how, you know how to do this or that. It's all of a sudden you don't know how to do something, but like you get paid to fix or solve problems in every other area. But when it comes to racism, you don't automatically don't know how to solve that problem. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it's it's very interesting, you know, concept to think about. Um, but it's super real at the same time. And it's, it, it, I'm not saying that people right now created it. Like, no, you didn't, but you benefit from the results of it. And the same, the same ways that you benefit, you can understand how that puts people in a position where they're less fortunate, right? Because of how the system is created. So it's just things that people need to think about when it comes to you know, their position in this, in this social con construct that we have um, called the social experience of America, right? Right. <laughs> I, I think that, <clears throat> so two things. One, um, white people have to feel comfortable being a guest. Yeah. Right? So I, I had this conversation on a podcast I was featured on last week, and um, he was asking, I was telling him how we, we actually teamed up with uh, St. Cloud, um, university and we did uh, uh, this was for when we did Bitcoin 2019 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and they and we had their MBA students do a report on in a deep dive research analysis on how to get more black students to Bitcoin and one of the things they did a report on was how other ethnicities felt about coming to a conference <clears throat> that was called that had the, the name black in it and so I think white people were like, it doesn't feel like it's for us, Asian. Most groups just said like, it doesn't feel like it's for us if that name's in it. And then the, their next question was, well, would you still attend? And they broke it down based on pricing. So Asians were gonna re attend regardless um, if it was free. And then white, white men were willing to pay top dollar to attend, but they didn't feel like it was for them. Yeah. right and then black people were willing to attend up to a certain price point right so it's funny because white people were willing to pay more they were willing to pay top dollar to go but just didn't necessarily know if they were welcome black people because of economics and stuff other factors like that were willing to go not necessarily pay top dollar to go right and so what that what that tells me when I look at that data is that, um, you know, white people have to participate in some of the things that we do, but they have to be comfortable being a guest. A lot of times they want to come and take over. Mm -hmm. 
And so even on the podcast that I was on, you know, he would ask me the same question where he's like, you know, it was a, it was a white guy and he has a tech company and he was like, you know, with, with stuff like, you know, BitCon and cause we're putting together our conference for black tech talent next year as well. So with stuff like that, like, are we welcome? Should we be there? Or should we leave that space exclusively for, for black people? And I'm like, we would like you to come and this is how the scenario should go. You have a tech company. We would love for you to come and recruit us. Exactly. We would love for you to come and be in the audience and hear our panelists speak and you learn something about the questions you have from attending. Exactly. Right. We would love for you to come and find interns, come and find somebody you believe in and mentor them. Right. Yeah. Or somebody we, to tell me to invest in. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, for you to pay for your tickets and pay for your other employees. So it's like we need we need and love and welcome that support. But where we when the the times when we have issues is when you try to come hijack. And if you can't hijack, then you don't feel welcome and you don't want to attend, right? Yeah. And and we get that with different stuff all the times where it's like, hey. We'll get a, a white uh, film crew, love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. We love to come film, blah, blah. And then they send their rates and it's like, well, I don't want to hire your film. We have our own film crew, but we'd love for you to come and support it. And they don't show. So it's like, you have to, you have to be making money off of it or have to be a panelist. You have to be somewhere where you're not necessarily just a guest. You have to be, a, you have to be of a certain level of importance to participate with us. And that I think is the, you know, one of the best ways I can vocalize the need for us having certain spaces where it is focused on Black, because people all the time will be like, well, how can things be, you know, inclusive if Black people are now starting to create their own thing? Shouldn't we all just be together? Or why does everything have to be Black? And it's like, because we need to have a level of importance when we're in certain rooms as well, when we're telling mm -hmm. our stories and pitching yeah. our products and, and having our visions. And they're just cultural nuances that um, other people aren't going to get and they don't have to get if, if we're not of a certain level of importance and influence in the room. Yeah. But it's like everyone's welcome to their events. Everybody's welcome to our events as well. But this is where where we're doing our thing and, and we're welcoming you to come and learn and participate and invest and, and be a part of that. And that's how we'll get to a place where things don't necessarily have to be as hardened and defined as that. Right. Um, I've, I've even met black people who are like, oh, you know, you know, they feel like certain things being called and named black is pandering or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a cheat code or stuff like that. And for me, you know, I come from a diverse background. You know, my mom was adopted, um, so her parents are white. And my grandparents adopted, you know, seven other children. So I have, I literally have, I have an uncle who's, you know, black and, and native, and an uncle who's black and white, and I have an aunt who's black and native, and I have an aunt who's white, and I have an uncle who's Irish and Japanese, and I have, so I come from diversity, literally. That was my upbringing, right? My aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Um, but I didn't. But I didn't grow up with the benefit of white privilege or anything like that. I grew up in the hood, and you know, and and went through a lot on my side of the tracks. But when we all came together, it was one diverse 
happy family. So I come from that. And because of that, diversity has been built into every company I, I made, even with sneakerheads. Um, you know, it was in our mission statement that we were bringing to people together through streetwear fashion, right? With Exa Clothing, I made sure I had models of, of every background um, in our photo shoots. But Black Tech Talent is the first company that I've literally put Black in the name because as I'm doing this and we're going through these different things, I'm like, it, we have to start being specific. Like we have to start really, because I'm seeing that that whenever the term diversity, BIPOC, all this is created, we're still shoved to the back of that. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that because like, you know, one of the things that at, at CEI, of the Center for Economic Inclusion that we focus on is we, we're not a diversity and inclusion um, organization per se, right? We focus on racial equity and inclusion. And the reason being is because oftentimes with diversity, diversity is uh, relative for whoever's talking about it, right? Right. And diversity can look like more black people. Diversity can look like more, more white women. It can look like more, Asian people, it really can be defined how it, it essentially diversity is anything but white men, right? And and so when you put that out there and that's the focus, what that what can happen and what we've seen happen in a lot of companies is, you know, everything is getting diverse, but there's no increase from a racial diversity standpoint. And when you look in Minnesota, we see racial disparities at some of the worst in the country, right? And that comes from wealth, income, it, com it comes from um, education, it comes from housing, all these very important areas that help advance communities, right? And so if we're continuously focusing on diversity and we're getting, and then you look and it's, it's not defined to solve disparities, right? Then you're gonna, then the disparities will continue to happen, but you're achieving diversity goals, right? And so you think you're solving the problem when you're really not. So how can you be solving all these diversity goals that aren't defined and that data is not disaggregated? So you're not really looking at where the true disparities are. And so I see how we focus on racial equity and inclusion because we have racial equity disparities in this, in this state and in this region that we need to address. And if we address those disparities, we can actually move our, our region forward from an economic standpoint. We can add billions of dollars to the economy if there's more parity between white people and black people and other people of color as well, right? But because, those, because black people and other people of color in this region aren't having the same opportunities as white people are, they're not able to contribute to the economy. So that's just, that's just a lot of, stuff left on the table yeah we're not taking advantage of and these companies aren't reaching their full potential they're not reaching all the markets they can reach they're not reaching all the customers they can reach and they're not reaching the talent that they can reach and they recruit talent here right and you t you have them come here and you know our ceo says this all the time it's like you have the talent come here and you recruit them because they're they're different but then you tell them to be just like you when they get here and it's like, you don't embrace mm. the differences that they, they bring that should push your organization forward and allow you to be able to reach the other places. You want them to be just like you. 
So like looking at company culture, looking at exactly all those different areas that that make people who are different uncomfortable because they have to conform, it's like, that's not gonna allow you to be able to achieve um, your racial equity goals as well. So exactly, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to it that people need to understand. Like we have, we have an opportunity, right? Like this year ripped the bandaid off in this region when it comes to racial equity and inclusion from COVID all the disparities, um, looking at, you know, how it impacted um, communities of color more than, than, than our counterparts, right? Um, and then you look at the racial uprisings with George Floyd and other, other issue, incidents that have happened with Breonna Taylor and all these other um, really, really um, unnecessary and, and, and unfortunate circumstances that we continue to find ourselves in as Black people, um, people are tired of it, right? And I think I think there's a lot of white people who are tired of it too, as far yeah. as see, seeing it happen. Like we saw that as well. And so we, we're having, like I've been able to have some really great conversations with a bunch of people about this, no matter what their background has been, because they're just tired of seeing, and they're finally understanding like how, how the system has really been structured that perpetuates these things to continue to happen. So it's like, you know, when we do an event that's that's focused on black, it's because if we don't, it will not get talked about. Period. Right. right? Like we need to be we need to be we need to be centered on it, and there needs to be some nuance behind it, right? And not even just nuance; there needs to be some intention behind. Well, okay, you're calling your organization Black Tech Talent because if you look at the statistics, black people make up X amount of percent of the tech industry. Uh, when you talk about founders. Black women are still 0.6%. This, this statistic has been around for four years, four plus years. 0.6% yeah. of Black women are, are founded, um, are invested in when it comes to these from VC, they get money from VCs, right? Yep. And then the number has grown a little bit. You, we try to see more Black women achieve um, um, million dollar investments, but it's not it's not where it could or should be. And, and another crazy statistic is Black women in particular are starting are the fastest growing segment of people starting businesses in the country. Yeah, we're the least likely to get invested in in the tech industry yeah. by a lot. So see how that's a problem, right? And yeah. and I'm the, just because they're the fastest growing doesn't mean they're necessarily starting tech businesses. But if they have the ability to grow businesses at a fast rate, imagine what they can do in the tech space, right? And this is these are women that have the education background, the experience background, but they're because the people that hold the money don't identify with them as a person. They're they're least likely to get invested in. Definitely. And, and the crazy thing is, you know how black black women know how to stretch money. So you 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 give them any kind of money, they're going to be able to make it work. But they need the money that they deserve in order to grow and scale their businesses. Yeah. So we have to focus on that too. And it's like that's that's one of the things that we wanted to highlight when we we're doing gravity. Those are the, and we're talking about, and I'm talking about that now in my new capacity um, through CEI, like, okay, if we can do more of these things, we had a, we actually had a, a, a great conversation um, talking about opportunities and assets, black women in business during our um, our summit for CEI this week. So um, that'll be recorded in our, on our YouTube page here shortly, but, awesome. um, but yeah, just continue to highlight those things are important because we have so much work to do when it comes to bridging these disparities. And it's really about the disparities, man. Like, again, 
I think diversity and inclusion is great. Everybody should feel included in, in, in work and, and, and important and valued at the end of the day. But if we don't focus on racial equity, if we allow, if we allow just diversity and inclusion to just be the focal point, the race aspect of diversity and inclusion is never going to get talked about. Right. It's not. <laughs> because the people yeah. in power aren't going to allow it to be talked about unless we continue to push that issue. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank, thank you. And that's why, you know, I talk about, you know, how important this award has been. Yeah, yeah. You know, for people who can't see because you're listening, we, we won the Inclusive Evolution Award from the Minnesota Startup Awards. And, you know, if I don't know if you heard my, my acceptance speech, but I, I basically said, you know, it's, it's recognition that Black people should be at the helm at diversity and inclusion because, you know, you're seeing, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, and they're tackling this, they're supposedly tackling this issue, and everybody's white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I had uh, somebody reach out to me and say, that's that's on the board of this, this organization, I'm not going to say which one it is, but uh, reached out and said, hey, we have a seat open, like, you should apply. Um, it was, you know, had to do with entrepreneurship, stuff like that. And I did apply, I didn't hear, never heard back, you know, I'm not sure, you know, why I didn't hear back positive or negative, but everybody on, on that squad, except for the person who reached out to me was white. And so they'll, they'll be like, okay, we got to do something about diversity. And then they're not even diverse in how they're in the yeah. team that's approaching. You're not bringing on people who are experts in the field right to, to handle this either and so that's why i talk about the you know the award so much it's not it's not necessarily that um it's an accolade that uh that i'm uh using as a crutch it's more so i'm showing people like look this is we need more of this we need more black founded companies nonprofit but especially for profit because we're for profit that can make money that can do good and be experts in this space of of helping our people and helping others right you get what i'm saying yeah. people have a fear white people have a fear that if black people are at the forefront of diversity and inclusion then nobody else will be included that's to me that's what I've seen. And I've, I've even had some of those conversations with them. And a lot of times that's what it is. And so for us to be able to win that says we should be at the forefront, you know what I mean? And we should be fixing the, this problem. And as you mentioned, racial disparities and, and you know, you know more about <clears throat> as far as like the percentages when it comes to investments in the, in the startup ecosystem, but in corporate careers, because we're tackling recruiting and stuff like that, um, it's four to seven percent for Black people, it's men and women. Yeah. And so now we're looking at it like, okay, there's there's estimated nine hundred thousand unfilled positions, so current positions that need to be filled. That means at the rate we're currently getting hired at, out of almost a million jobs that need to be filled, Black people would only at most get 63,000, right? And so at Black Tech Talent, we're looking to, because we're a startup, we're still building up our, our capacity to do 
what we're trying to do and we'll probably eventually need funding and all these different types of things and you just mentioned all the barriers that come with 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 that in itself but you know over the next you know three to five years we want to get 15,000 people recruited black people recruited into these tech positions and based on the national average salary of about 135,000 you know if we reach our goal we're looking at bringing another two billion dollars to the black community annually. Mm -hmm. No, and, and, stat, and stats like that are, are important. And that helps put context into how important what you're doing is, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's how you want to set goals for your company and your organization. And that's how you want to build, your, build a business case for why a business should work with you if they want to solve these problems, these social problems that we see. And to kind of touch a little bit about um, what you were mentioning about diversity inclusion in companies, like one of the things that we talked about this past week was um, in the beginning of the year, diversity and inclusion jobs were actually actually down 60% and people and companies were like cutting those positions altogether from the organization and then COVID hit. And then um, we saw an increase after George Floyd and everything happened, right? And so now yeah. it's up like 150%. Right. And so that to me, that's like, okay, is that a knee jerk reaction? That's one of the questions we ask. Is that a knee jerk reaction? Or how do we make sure that these positions are valued and, and, and sustainable, right, within these companies? And I think the biggest thing is in the past, what I would see a lot with a lot of these positions, unfortunately, was you had people that were diversity, inclusion managers, officers, whatever it was but they didn't sit on the senior vice president suite or the executive vice president suite. They were, they were just a little bit removed from that. So their level of influence and power didn't spread wide throughout the organization. And that doesn't allow for them to make the impact that's necessary to change yeah. culture and to do, um, change management. So the what we need to start seeing more of is companies really investing in that position and the people in those positions, right? And 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 that's gonna look drastically different than how it did before. And we've seen some companies uh, value that, like US Bank, um, you know, Greg Cunningham sits on their senior vice president team now, right? And that's his focus is diversity inclusion. Um, we got, I got, I got a, a frat brother down at Mayo Clinic. He's, he's focusing on diversity inclusion, but he's also the head of um security for Mayo Clinic he's the only black person on their executive team right um that's major and and we have to we have to see more of that moving forward uh, because at the end of the day like if, if if you talk about issues companies have with hiring talent right and then kind of trying to solve you're you're talking about one specific segment right the tech segment so like specific roles that go for that um but they're, they're, companies have issues hiring black people all over the board, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's like, but if you don't have, like you said, if you don't have people that are, that have have experienced the challenges of like working at a place, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Understanding like why people, why you're, why would you have a hard time hiring people um, to, to come to your company? What are, what is, what is your company, like, what is your company value? And you know, what is the experience other people of color have had at your company? Like, do you even know that before you're saying, oh, we can't hire anybody? 
Have you done the work to really find that out? You know what I'm saying? So that's what we help people do at CEI. We help people find that out, find out that, find out that data and really be able to use that data to make better, sustainable, intentional decisions yeah. on how you address race within your organization. Definitely. And I, and I want to touch on, um, you know, a few things. One, <clears throat> you know, the reason why we chose tech is, number one, we are a business. And so we started, you know, during a, a pandemic, we, I, I came up with the, you know, idea, the name and all that registered the domain back in April. And then obviously the pandemic grew to be a bigger thing. And then the George Floyd situation, which as I told you before, that's somebody who I knew. Um, mm -hmm. And then that situation, you know, carried on. And, and so, but starting it off as an entrepreneur with the mind frame of um, what we want to focus on, the tech companies are the only ones who have all the money. So I know a lot, there are a lot of tech companies that are like, why are we constantly being reviewed for like our diversity? And it's like, you're the only ones that before you were, you had the most money. Now you're the only ones that have money. If you're looking at, I mean, we're in Minnesota, Minnesota, we've asked the federal government for money like four times since all, all of this has happened between Minneapolis needing money because of the, the, you know, the riots to all the money that's had to go out for unemployment. And this all happened during tax season. Yeah. So right. all these tax return, all this tax money was paid out. Right. And then the pandemic hits and then unemployment and, and small business and all these different types of things. And then you have riots and then the city's destroyed. And like now, uh, more and now businesses are closing. And so you got to think about how many businesses and individuals aren't paying taxes, state taxes right now across the country. Right. And so that's going to be an issue top of the year when tax season comes again and they got to pay out people. And when unemployment gets, gets extended for people who, are, who still don't have a new job or people who are currently still losing jobs. I read that um, somewhere around 19 million Americans could lose their home uh, at the end of this month. Like, it's crazy, it's ridiculous. And so, you know, from a strategic business point of view, I'm like, the tech companies are growing. Everything's gonna, this this boosted everything digitally to another level. When we look at, um, you know, uh, I can't remember, I think it was, was it Warner Brothers Universe? One of the, one of the film production companies, like they're releasing, they did a deal with HBO where everything's releasing on HBO at the same time it's releasing in theaters. And they're yep. gonna do that all of 2021, right? Um, when this happened, Zoom was like, okay, and now Zoom's like the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Zoom's beating out like Microsoft Teams and, and Google Meets right now for, for conferencing. That's what we're using right now. And so back in April, even then, that was my thought process. Like they still have the money. I'm like, they think they're, they're, it's not time for them to hire, but they have all this money that they would spend on marketing that they're not going to be spending all this money that they would be spending on sponsorship. And so having that mind frame, that's, I've reached out to a few companies and said, this is what I'm starting. What do you think? Is this something you support? And they said, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what led me to have the confidence to go ahead and move forward and, and start building out the process. And now we've worked with over 15, you know, different tech or tech enabled corporations to do what we're doing. But, um, 
you know, I've had convert, I've had conversations even with some of these individuals at these companies that are in these positions, and they ask me like, "Do you think this is like a fad?" Because as you mentioned, these people get put in these positions, but then they they may have limited power, right? And so, you know, my response to that is, I think that because so many people, and you just said, right, it was down 60%, now it's up 150%. So many people have been promoted to these positions that there has to be more consideration because those people are going to be mad if they don't, people want to feel useful at their jobs. Yeah. So if you got all these people that have been promote, promoted right. to these positions that are supposed to be important, and then you give them no power, you give them no budget, you don't listen to their influence, they'll become even if it's for selfish reasons, they'll become advocates for what needs to be done because now they have these positions. They don't want to lose a yeah. job, right? And that the, another position may not be available for them of the same pay rate or whatever it may be. And then if it becomes not important all the way around, they can't even take that title to another company because the other company doesn't care, right? So I think it's it's I think the hype will die down a little bit, but once again, we chose tech because regardless of that, people still need employees and we have them. Yep. So if you're saying, well, hey, we're not racist, but we just, you know, we're over the, the black thing. Well, we still have technologists, professional technologists that are ready and willing to work and you have open positions. So one way or another, you should work with us, right? Exactly. exactly. So, so yeah. that, that's I mean, one of the At things. the end of the day, you are a, you're a recruiting platform for them. Yeah, and they have an option. They have an option. You know, they can they can they can come to you because they specifically need black tech talent, or they come to you because they need talent. Yeah, right. It's black tech talent. So at yeah. the end of the day, it's like you're still getting talent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Problem then work with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so that's how I think we'll 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 sustain longevity as a company, but just also as a topic um we'll have more allies in these companies because the numbers are so big and and honestly somebody just told me the other day um that's in one of those positions like um we've been talking about them them working with us and um they're just like like frustrated you know they're like we're i'm really passionate about this and this is something i'm really trying to get done and i'm going to try to make sure that they're you know, working with you and other organizations to tackle this. So there are people that are extremely passionate about getting this done and are proud and excited about these, you know, positions they've been put in, these titles they've been given. And so what's going to happen is, because we're going to be number one in the space next year, Black Tech Talent. Like we're, we're growing rapidly um, and we have, and everything's been organic so far been a lean startup um and so now that we're working with more clients we have more things underway we're, we're working on you know our conference we got our first uh podcast sponsor granicus so shout out to them um and we have more coming down the pipeline so you know at the end of the day um we'll we'll be number one pretty soon and then it'll get to a point where uh companies will have to look at themselves and say well why haven't you worked with black tech talent and what are you going to say? And the answer better not be we haven't spoke to them because 
that's that's worse than you know what I'm saying trying to come up with a different type of reason well at the time the budget or whatever it may be because it doesn't cost anything to talk to us right and so what we're gonna have worked with so many different people that if we haven't worked with you you're gonna be looked at a little funny from all sides from market from the black community from you know your diversity and inclusion officers from your employees from other corporations who are working with us and you're not um it's gonna get tight and we're gonna apply that pressure and that's why that's one of the reasons why you know me having my background and what i come from is going to be a little bit different than other organizations that may be trying to do something similar um whether it's the recruiting whether it's the content whether it's the the community building because i'm coming from a different for one i'm an entrepreneur right so there there are different people who have organizations that they're technologists but they're not entrepreneurs so they they're not necessarily building a an organization from a scalable point of view mm-hmm. number two we're for profit <clears throat> we're not a non-profit so this isn't this isn't charity we're doing business so when you're talking to me you're talking to a ceo you're talking to a businessman that's, who has an agenda that's the thing i that's that's a very important point because i feel like oftentimes the the okay so <laughs> the challenge is for a lot of black people who want to solve some of these problems. Um, on sometimes, unfortunately, the only way we think we can get money is if we're a nonprofit, because the only way we feel like we get money from these big companies or from white people with money is if they feel like it's charity, which in turn is a tax write-off, which benefits them at the end of the day. And it's like, that's not necessarily the only way you can support pushing things forward, right? Like we wanna be able to you know, say, okay, how can you support black businesses that are also trying to solve problems, right? That you're a prime example of that. Like mm-hmm. we gotta get out of this charity mindset of the only way to solve black problems are through charity or through or racial equity through charity. You can solve it through economics. You can solve it through yeah. strategy and and intentional partnerships and things like that. Um, and understand that this systemically, like doing business with, doing B2B work um, at a large scale disenfranchises a lot of black businesses that may not meet that threshold when it comes to revenue standpoint. Cause as you hit a certain revenue, you have to be able to produce um, at scale to, to achieve certain goals that a lot of major companies are looking for. So that automatically disqualifies them from contention of, of doing some of the supplier diversity stuff. Right. Right. So it's like we, but we need to like rethink about how we look at doing business with black businesses and businesses of color who may not, who may aren't, who may not have reached that scale yet. But how can these bigger businesses help them grow to get to that capacity? And you also got to understand too is like the reason why that is is, is another systemic problem. It's like a lot of times. You have businesses that can get contracts with these big companies, but they can't rescale because they don't have the capital. And if they can't get, the, and the reason why they can't get the capital is because access to capital is, one, is a big problem when it comes to black businesses because you go to a bank and a bank won't lend you the money, right? Or you're not, or you're as a tech company, you may not have the VCs at, the, at your door trying to invest in you, so you don't have the capital. So it's like you have to understand there's like companies have to understand there's reasons, there's levels to why. Um, 
sometimes these companies can't reach scale when it comes to doing contracting. So we have to rethink that. Definitely. So Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole breakdown right there. It's like, <clears throat> you know, that, and that's why I said a lot of these, because I've, I've been a client at Meta, because I've gone through Google for startups, because I've, I've participated in Founder Gym, because I've networked and had a lot of conversations with different people, because I've been building businesses over the years, because I'm a hustler, because I just told a couple stories about how I've been up two, three, four days and still executed what I needed to execute on all those days before resting, right? Um, I can go in and achieve things differently because I, I know, number one, I know the games that people will play. I know the expectations that people have. I know how to build a build a, a business. And, you know, I know how to talk to people in a way that they get what where I'm trying to go with things. Because if I'm talking to essentially an employee, they got to remember that I'm the CEO. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I'm coming in from a, a um, nonprofit point of view, what well, doesn't matter if I'm the you know executive director, or if I'm the, the founder of the nonprofit at the end of the day, I'm asking for a charity. It's a different, you get what I'm saying? It's a different conversation because I'm asking you to advocate for me to get this money from, from the company, whereas I'm coming in and I'm telling you the product we have, the service we have, and how we can fix, you know, be a solution to a problem that you have. But because I'm, you're talking to the CEO and because we're doing actual business, like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, it could get to a point where you, you lose your job for not doing business with us because you're going to be asked, maybe not right away, but eventually when all your competitors are winning for working with us and you're not, and they say, well, didn't you? talk to Mike, didn't you talk to Black Tech Talent? And it's like, oh yeah, well, why didn't we work with him? Oh, well, you know, at the time, like, what are you gonna say? Like right now, as us being new, I didn't, I'm not hitting people over the head with some of the, some of the prices. So a job board posting goes from 150 to 1500. So how is a billion dollar corporation going to say, well, we, we didn't work with them because we didn't wanna spend 150 to try it out. We didn't want to spend 1500 to support the cause when it first started. We didn't want to sponsor the Black Tech Talent podcast, which is doing crazy numbers on, on LinkedIn, just not including Instagram and, and Facebook and, and YouTube and everything else, but on LinkedIn by itself, it's going crazy, right? Um, how, do you, how are you going to answer that? Right now, like I said, we're new, so you might not feel that pressure and people are figuring out if they, how much they actually care about diversity, how much they want to invest. But by this time next year, when we're number one, and like I said, everything we've done so far is organic. We haven't run any LinkedIn ads. We haven't run any Facebook ads. And we're growing, working with these companies. I have you know, a ton of meetings set up even this month when companies are usually slowing down. So what happens when we start running ads in January and our podcast goes crazy because we're running ads. What happened? Our community, I grew our community from zero to 2,000 members in five months. Yeah. I mean, of, of technologists, though. Right. You, you, you've been a, 
you've had you've had you've had yourself quite a year, man. Like I've been I've been watching, I've been supporting every way I can. Um, and you know, I, one thing I always appreciate about you is that anything you do, you're passionate about it, and you're intentional about what you do. You don't do anything half-assed, um, and you put a lot into it. You know what I'm saying, like. Hustle and motivate is how you live your life. Yeah, <laughs> so, so keep doing what you're definitely. doing, man. I think it's uh is that it's definitely important. And it's like, and it's funny because like you like you like we have these conversations this conversation all the time. It's like, you know, you never I, I'm sure five years ago you wouldn't have thought that you'd be in the tech space, like for real, for real. Like you yeah. I know you were focused on more entertainment side of things, but you were able to blend those two worlds together starting off and then now because of you know the situation you pivoted fully into tech and yeah and it's like you can't do entertainment right now you know what i'm saying yeah. like you can't so you have to like grow into something different and i think you're doing a good job in the space and you're staying true to who you are and keep doing that you know what i'm Thank saying you. um because i think that's that's important and i think there's a there's a place for what you're doing in the space if needed you know what i'm saying so um it adds something different and and something necessary. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. We're gonna, like I said, keep growing and keep keep focused and getting more people involved and interested. And you know, I have a twenty year plan. Yeah. So we're good. gonna we're gonna execute it. We're at the beginning of it, and it's hard. A lot of companies promising. don't even know what they're gonna do in two months. So the fact that <laughs> right. is, is is good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Got gotta have a vision, man. Gotta have a vision. So. Um, you know, we're almost at our time. I just want to uh, let you get off anything else that you want to say, let the listeners know any projects that you're working on, anything people should know about uh, the Center for Economic Inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, coming up on, I think it's January 15th, we're going to be showing the, the Rise of the Reckoning. It's a documentary that we filmed um highlighting three black businesses that were affected by COVID-19 and um the George Floyd uprisings over the summertime um so the businesses that we are featuring are J Clips, uh, the Nail Bar and Urban Lights um so that's going to be a virtual um screening of the documentary and a discussion and that's on a Friday so that's going to be during MLK weekend um okay. we'll definitely check that out and support that event um support those businesses as well too um uh you know urban lights um you know, tim wilson is one of my fraternity brothers he's been doing this thing over in st paul for a long time um they were right in front of all the different uprisings that were happening there jay clips also i used to get my haircut over there when my boy zach was there um and then uh nail bar um i've worked with uh kira um when i was at Mita and helping them grow their business too so um, and the nail bar and the beauty lounge are doing amazing things over on the uptown side. You got Jacobs on the south side, and then you have um, Urban Lights in St. Paul. So we hit up, we, we're hitting all the different areas of the Twin Cities. Awesome, awesome! Sounds like an awesome project. I look forward to you know continuing to build our relationship and working together. I also look forward to seeing what you guys are doing over there at at uh, CEI. Um, also, thank you guys for for reaching out and extending opportunities for, for Black Tech Talent to showcase what we had going on during your uh, your summit that you just yeah, had. We had a virtual marketplace for um, BIPOC businesses and Black Tech Talent was one of the featured businesses there. So hopefully we got some exposure for you all. And um, if you all, if you attended this, the, um, the summit, 
Um, definitely reach out to Mike and connect with him if you're running a company and you're trying to trying to increase some your diversity on your tech side. Definitely, definitely. 